now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. is up everybody welcome back to the dennis ruin i'm your host michael bauer the best in the business once again back in business he's still wearing pastel pink that is nate to the professor christian what's up nate still wearing it and you know what mike my first question to you was actually going to be what color are you wearing with your sweatshirt is that like fire truck red or something i don't know it's just red my wife bought it for me it's kind of like a darker red see it's not uh, not as cool as pastel pink it's not but I still like it. Kind of. Is it comfy? Yeah, it's nice. Well, probably not as comfy as the Dynasty Rewind sweatshirt that you can buy from our shop. On Spread Spread shop. shop. I think it's called. It doesn't matter what it's called. The link is in the description. It's in the description here. It's in the description of our YouTube video. And you know what? If you want to save money on Dynasty Rewind merchandise, you can go ahead and get yourself a free Patreon trial for seven days. We put promo codes in there once a month just to give everybody access to discounted merchandise. And yes, the Dynasty Rewind sweatshirts are amazing. Dare I say fire. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fire. No cap. <laughs> you know what else is bussing? Wide receivers. <laughs> and this is going to be a good, like you mentioned in the last yeah. pod, we didn't want to get into it too much then, but you had just touched on the fact that this is going to be a very good wide receiver class. I agree, by the way. And we're going to be talking about some of them tonight. Okay, so let's get into it. So we have, you know, last episode we had five. This week we or this pod we have six because, you know, we all pretty much agree that Marvin Harrison Jr. is the consensus wide receiver one. And, yeah. you know, poor Malik Neighbors would probably be the wide receiver one in a lot of other classes. But, hey, he has the misfortune of coming out in this class. So it's Marvin Harrison Jr.'s time to shine. He is not a nepotism baby, everybody. This dude could play some ball. Yeah. 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 Marvin Harrison – um, you know, athletically is already an elite talent. Yes. And then you add in the fact that, you know, hey, he learned how to play wide receiver from a Hall of Fame wide receiver who was his dad. So you can see that on the film. Marvin Harrison, the reason that everyone talks about him as the consensus one and you know, already a generational prospect is because he plays the game as a pro wide receiver would play the game. He does the little nuances of the game, his mm -hmm. footwork, the way he uses the sideline to his advantage to set up defenders, uh, how he stacks the, the cornerback when he's making plays down the field. All those little things that, you know, you see rookie wide receivers start to take on throughout their rookie year and second year as they develop. Marvin Harrison already has a lot of those things. He is so pro ready. He is athletically gifted he has already made some incredible plays he he has been the best wide receiver overall in college football the past two years and i know that we're all excited to see him come out we don't need to talk uh too much more about him we've already talked about him quite a bit on this channel he's the wide receiver one for all of us here at the dynasty rewind and we're just excited that we have him plus all this other talent in this class mike yeah the one thing i will just add to that is um he plays the game differently than his father did. Watch some Marvin Harrison senior highlights. Probably one of the best technical route runners I've ever seen in my entire life and was a very smart player. Um, Junior has all that, but is more physical on top of it. And he's, he's oh, bigger. by the way, he's 6'4", 205. Yeah. <laughs> like this guy, he's got, he's got the technique. He's got the God-given natural ability and athleticism. I mean, it's just, it's like come together in a perfect storm to be Marvin Harrison Jr. 
We love it. Mike, I think he has quite the argument to be the 101 in any kind of league. Um, I think we might be having a mock draft that's going to drop next week that you might be seeing Marvin Harrison as the 101. I guess you'll just have to subscribe to our YouTube channel and turn on notifications and find out. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Look at those people who are listening on podcasts. We love you guys because this this started out as a podcast. So podcast is a very – all you podcast listeners, you guys have a very, very secure place in our hearts. But we would also really appreciate it if you hopped on YouTube. You don't have to ever go on there ever again, but just hop on there, subscribe really quick to our channel, maybe like a couple of videos while you're on there, and then hop back off and just keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. And, you know, us podcast listeners, because that's primarily what I am, we're a very particular bunch. So the fact that we worked into your rotation warms my cold dead heart, much like LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors does, Nate. I love Malik Neighbors. I I was impressed the second I turned on the film. And, you know, okay, hey, look, he had a good quarterback the last two years too. Jaden Daniels, ever heard of him. Pretty good, mm-hmm. won the Heisman. Don't know if you knew that. Sorry, just doing a little bit of a nard dog impersonation. But um, <laughs> comes back to it well. This guy can win one-on-one versus anybody. And he's just I, – I was trying to describe him after the catch, and the only word that I could think of is slippery. Just – yeah, he, he just – his body control and the way he contorts himself to get away from defenders and would be tacklers. It's just, it's different, but yet he's so smooth and he's so natural the way he plays the position. And there were people I saw on Twitter that are like, I don't care. Malik neighbors is my wide receiver one. And if you love him that much, I can't fault you for me. It's still Marvin Harrison jr. But I mean, this is a one B and one C situation. Cause I got to leave just a little bit in there. Because Junior's that good, but Nate, what are your? Th- I hope you don't mind me taking taking a first crack at no. Malik Neighbors here. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I love Malik Neighbors. Like we said earlier, in any other class, he would be about wide receiver one, and he does that because he is extremely athletically gifted as well. I mean, he's got great acceleration, great long speed. He can start stop very easily, and you see that in his routes. And that's what really was Malik Neighbors' growth this year. Um, we were talking about him on the channel at the end of last year as one of the top wide receivers in this class, actually. We were kind of ahead of the curve talking about his end-of-the-year breakout as Jaden Daniels started to look better, as Brian Kelly's LSU started to really gel at the end of the year. Malik Neighbors was taken off. And we we had some pretty high expectations for him here at the Rewind. He exceeded those. He should have won the Blitnikoff Award this year. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. won it, but Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr., only won it because he should have won it last year, but Jalen Hyatt won it last year. So it's Jalen Hyatt's fault that Malik Neighbors did not have a Blitnikoff award. He should have won it this year. He plays in the slot. He plays outside. He creates yards after the catch. He wins down the field, creates separation on those curl routes, on stop and goes, on slants. He He's become a really versatile wide receiver, and that's what's so impressive about him. And he's got the touchdowns to match it uh, this year with you know the Jaden Daniels-led offense. Look, LSU has put out some really good wide receivers before, and Malik Neighbors, he's ready to join that list of NFL wide receivers that LSU has put out and have played at a very high level at the pro level. I have high expectations, high expectations for Malik Neighbors. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. He's the next Terrace Marshall, as per Nate Christian. (laughs) I I have high expectations for Terrace Marshall, not quite as high as I have for Neighbors, but I did like Terrace Marshall. Hey. XFL breakout. I'm sorry, UFL breakout coming for Terrence Marshall. Nate, just looking ahead to rookie drafts, I think he's a top five, six. Yeah, 
rookie pick at the latest. I mean, I how could he go later than that? Barring some, yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see him falling too far. I think he comes into the league. Uh, he's probably a top twenty dynasty wide receiver right off the bat. Um, people agree. are going to be pretty high on him. Like you said, a top five pick in most leagues. Um, in one quarterback leagues, I mean, he's he's easily going to be a top three pick. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Most probably the consensus one hundred two and one quarterback. Um, the consensus wide receiver yeah. two for most people. Um, though there are a couple people that like this next guy, Mike, just as much as Malik Neighbors. Brandon Lejeune, come on down. You're the next contestant on the rewind. Is right, contestant. Sorry. Washington wide receiver Rome Dunze. So uh, the national championship game, a little bit rough for Washington. Um, I would say congrats to Michigan, but I refuse to do so. <laughs> Nate, kick it off for me on Roman Dunze. Yeah, so right now with just going through preliminary scouting reports, I currently have Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunze tied with my Gee, film grade. I do. I, uh, I have them kind of 2A and 2B right now. If I have to pick one, I do lean neighbors because I do think neighbors is more athletically gifted than Romo Dunze. And because of that, if I'm going to have to pick one as a tiebreaker, athleticism is always the tiebreaker for me because that breeds potential and upside. But what Romo Dunze just does on the field is so impressive. And I think he belongs right up there with Malik Neighbors. Um, maybe not quite as athletically gifted, but Romo Dunze is still quite a great athlete. And what he does so well is winning at the catch point. And we really saw it this year. Um, when he was playing for Washington and helping that offense become the number one offense in the nation, Romo Dunze was making 50-50 balls, 80-20 balls, 90-10 balls. I mean, he the way that he contorts his body, understands how to flash his hands late, how he has strong hands, he can finish the catch. What he does for not being the biggest wide receiver out there, he's 6'3", 215, he's a large wide receiver. Still a big boy. He's, he's still a big boy, but he plays even bigger than that. He plays like he's six foot five, two twenty five. I mean, the way he wins at the catch point is just really, really impressive. And coming into watching Roma Dunze, I knew that he was the best in college football this year in the contested catch category. But we've seen a lot of guys who win contested catches consistently in college not be able to replicate that in the NFL. So they have to have another way to win as well. And Roma Dunze has that. He checks those boxes. He's not just a contested catch guy. He's a guy that can create separation through his route running. He can create separation down the field, um, which is impressive for me. He's not the most incredible separator. Malik Neighbors does do better as a separator. But Romo Dunze is, is not an amateur in that category at all. I think he does quite well for himself. And plus, just his release off the line of scrimmage, um, he creates a lot of separation just right there for those quick routes and able to stack his cornerbacks, use that sideline like I talked about with Marvin Harrison. He has a really good understanding of how to win on the outside. So Roma Dunze, someone I love, he's a red zone threat. He's going to catch a lot of touchdowns for the next level. Yes. I'm really excited about him. I think he's another guy that's, you know, kind of locked in as a top five, top six pick. Yeah. My concern with him is his ability to separate first man coverage. You got a good corner on him. I think you could lock him down zone. He's really good. And some wide receivers do have struggles with that. Um, but his physicality, his ability to fight for the ball at the catch point, I do think makes up for that. And just because I saw him struggle with that a little bit now, that doesn't mean that that's something that can't be worked on, of course, and any any technique or anything that he can do to improve himself at the next level can certainly be worked on. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's just a beast in the red zone, who is mm -hmm. super physical and can track the ball really well. And I think if you hit him in stride, He's really dangerous too. If you he is. 
put him on slants, put him on some rounds where you could get a good quarterback to hit him in stride. He can take it to the house. Also, one thing I like about this guy too, a fantastic screen wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He's very good with his vision and traffic, with his ability to find open space when he has the ball in his hands. And that's another thing you don't usually see out of the six foot three, 215 pound wide receivers who win contested catches. They don't usually have yak ability as well. And Roma Dunze has that. We saw it earlier this year as well with a punt return touchdown that he had. You know, yeah. I love that kind of versatility. Where do you think he's getting drafted? Nate, uh, top 15, that? top 15 in the first round um, yeah. in the NFL draft. I think he's, like we said, you know, a top five, top six pick in your rookie drafts. Right around neighbors, right around yeah, there. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think neighbors are going to be a consensus wide receiver too uh, for most people. Rome's going to be the very solid consensus wide receiver three. And then there's a conversation after that where the board gets up a little bit more of him. Yeah. And if you'd like to know who we are going to be conversing about, you'll have to hang on briefly because we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, fantastic. And welcome back, everybody. Let's get back to it. Nate, you had mentioned that uh, LSU knows how to put out wide receivers. They certainly do. Now, you want to talk about tall and lanky. Let's talk about LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. What do you got for me, Nate? Yeah, six foot four, 205 pounds. A little lanky, but not like that Slim Reaper build. This is more like a George Pickens build if I had to compare him physically to anyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you like George Pickens, you're probably going to like Brian Thomas Jr. Look, he's got the great athleticism. He's got great long speed. He's got good acceleration. His explosiveness is great. And he, he can create separation down the field because of that ability to get up to speed pretty quick. He's a bit of a long strider um, once he gets up to speed, but it's certainly athletic. And, you know, we've seen some athletic big wide receivers come out. Um, Quentin Johnston, Traylon Burks. I know that list doesn't sound very great, but Brian does not sound very good right now. Brian Thomas Jr., this is this is what I'm setting up. Better route runner than all of them. And that's what sets him apart for me. Why I have a first round grade on him. He drops his hips well um, in his breaks. He creates he he gets low well. And that's not something usually the bigger wide receivers do very well. And that's kind of what limits them in their route running. You know, they can't get in and out of their breaks like the smaller wide receivers can. Brian Thomas shows good balance to get down cut out of his breaks, got good feet off the line of scrimmage, can create, you know, a mismatch for himself in the first couple yards and contested catches, you know, with that size, with his frame, with his long arms, he's got strong hands, wins the contested catches down the sideline. I, I was very impressed by Brian Thomas watching him. I was watching Malik neighbors. And I was like, wait, this guy over here. Yeah. Not quite as good, but <laughs> certainly holds his own here. Jaden Daniels was throwing two. Uh, Two very, very good wide receivers. And, Mike, one of my favorite things about Brian Thomas Jr., he's a good blocker, and he He plays hard on every single play. He does. This this man is giving it 100% when he just has one of those route runoffs where he's just doing a little release of the line of scrimmage and running full speed down the field on a HB dive. He's he's giving it his all every single play. I love watching that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, One of the things I like about him, too, very good at adjusting to the ball. Yeah, great body control. And lots of NFL-style catches, too. You see a lot of these uh, collegiate players only get one foot foot inbounds, and that's fine. That's all you have to do. But I see him do two toe taps a lot. Mm-hmm. That's great. That'll help him adjust and transition. Another guy, very good burst after the catch as well. And the one thing, too, he's got really long limbs. 
on him. So he looks like he would run weird. I know that sounds odd, but he's actually very smooth with his movements, I thought. Um, so what do you, I okay, so we're talking now we're getting to a little bit later um as far as where these guys are getting drafted. But I think Brian Thomas, we might see him possibly late, mid to I late think, first round-ish. I think he's like a a mid to late first round pick right now. You know, I, I dreamed of him as a an early second at some point, but I, I think Brian Thomas is a good shot at being a first round pick in the NFL draft. If that happens, you can definitely lock him in into the first round. Um, probably sitting there at like the the one hundred eight ish, one hundred nine. Okay, all right, perfect. Love that. Uh, we got another good one here for you, and that is Oregon Ducks wide receiver Troy Franklin. Let's see how does Nate feel about Troy Franklin. See, I, I think I'm a little bit lower in Troy Franklin than you, Mike. Are you? I think so. I, I, I've i been a big fan of Troy Franklin for the past two years. Bob and I have talked him up quite a bit on this channel. Um, but I went into my scouting process, and I came away, honestly, a little disappointed. Um, and and that's, that's not fair to Troy Franklin because that's only because I had really, really high expectations. I came away with a grade where I, I have him – as an early second round pick, you know, oh, like the first 10 picks of the second round, but not a first rounder. Like I, I thought coming into the film that I was going to grade out Troy Franklin as a late first round pick, kind of like where I had Brian Thomas Jr. And it just didn't really work out that way. And it's not because Troy Franklin does anything bad, but with Troy Franklin, I think you have a really, really pro ready wide receiver who knows how to play the wide receiver position, who understands situations how to make the most of each situation and and just play to what needs to be done but with troy franklin i'm not sure if he gives me enough to be that true game breaker um i don't think troy franklin can become that wide receiver one for an offense for example i think he is a very good wide receiver too and can be extremely productive for your fantasy team i think he has the potential to put up like top 15 seasons um top 20 seasons but it's going to be as a wide receiver two in an offense. I think um, just he does everything. Well, he's a good route runner. He's explosive. He's strong at the catch point. He does win a good amount of contested catches despite being six foot three and 187 pounds. So he's, he's got a good frame on him, but he's a little bit smaller than some of these other wide receivers, but he still wins plenty of contested catchability. Um, Yak wasn't quite where I was hoping it was going to be though. And I think that's kind of the thing that brought it down from that uh, late first round pick to an early second for me. This is another guy who I think just very good nuances. I love the way he separates. I love his release off the line. Um, it's very good. I think after the catch, while the yak isn't there, he does have a good burst. Uh, great ball track, and he's got late hands too, which is good too. So he doesn't really give anything away. Um, also, keep your eye out if you're in a Debbie League or you want to get a kickstart in the 2025 class, his teammate, Tez Johnson. Oh, yeah. Um, who cool story about him? Uh, is Bo Nix's adopted brother? I did not know that. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah, that is that's fun. Also, um, so I noticed Tez Johnson. I started just like looking him up when I was watching Troy Franklin, kind of like a smaller, just smaller, twitchy guy, but really good in the open field, man. So, um, check out Tez Johnson. I think you'll like him too if you like watching wide receiver. So I was a little bit higher on Troy Franklin than you were. And that's okay. You know, we're, mm -hmm. again, this is all preliminary, um, but we're excited. You know, this is not, this is not my player comp, but just kind of to put it in perspective, like fantasy wise, 
I think Troy Franklin, less so Devonta Smith, and maybe more so like a like a Chris Godwin. Okay, I'm all right with that. I, absolutely, I still have Troy Franklin as a first round pick in my rookie draft. Yeah, uh, late first round pick in my rookie draft because I think still think you're getting a very good wide receiver. Um, but I I just want I don't think his ceiling is quite as high as as some of these other wide receivers that we've seen. But Chris Godwin. It's been very productive as you know, yeah. as long as he has a wide receiver. I mean, a quarterback throwing him the ball, he's a productive guy, gets open. Like once, like once again, I don't know Chris Godwin. I think he'd be fine as a wide receiver one, but I think he operates really, really well as a wide receiver two. Speaking of a guy who's probably going to be a wide receiver two at best in an offense, let's talk about Florida State wide receiver Keon Coleman. Mm-hmm. Nate, I think it's fair to say that we're probably a little bit lower on him than some other quote unquote analysts out there. We are a little below consensus on Keon Coleman here. Yeah. We'll see how Nate graded him. Uh, you get you get started talking about Keon, and I'll bring up some grades. How's that sound? <laughs> All right. I actually uh, – I didn't grade Keon Coleman out um, too too harshly. I do have a second-round grade on him, and a, a first half of the second-round grade on him, just to be um, technically correct there. Look – I have, I've talked about on this channel, I have some issues with the consistency of him catching the ball. Uh, he can make some incredible highlight catches. You turn on those highlights, and he's got some of the best highlights of any wide receiver in this draft class. But the consistency of catching those contested catches. He yeah. had possibly, I'll, I'll go back and double-check the stats, but he was certainly at the top of the nation in contested catch chances because Jordan Travis threw up a ton of, 50-50 balls to both him and Johnny Wilson. That was the FSU offense. It was running up the middle with Trey Benson and hope he can break a big play or throw it outside to Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, who are bigger than all the other cornerbacks and just hope they can make the contested catch. And yeah. like I said, Keon Coleman caught a lot of those balls, but he also had a lot of opportunities too. And with all those opportunities, you know, that percentage was not as high as it you, you would think it would be. Um, it was below 50%, I believe. Uh, you can double check me on that, Mike. I don't want to give our listeners bad stats, but you can check his contested catch rate for me. Um, it was lower than I expected. Is that on PFF? It is on PFF. And and there's not as many drops as he should have on PFF as well. I was watching some of the film, and there were some drops that did, did not count that hit both of his hands, uh, one specifically against Florida. Both of his hands hit it in the end zone, bounced out. He even had got away from his defender. I don't even know what's going on there. But when I'm looking for a first one, round wide receiver. I don't want to see them have those consistency issues with catching the ball, but he's obviously, you know, six foot four, 215 pounds. He is very good in those contested catch situations. He's got a great frame, great body control. He used to play some basketball. He was a two sport athlete at Michigan state before he transferred to Florida state. So you can see that and how he plays above the rim, quote unquote. Um, he's got good body control. He times the ball pretty well. He does have some yak ability. I think there's some consistency issues there as well. He's not going to create a lot of yards, but if you give him space, he's certainly athletic enough to take advantage of it. Um, in the first game of the year, he did take a slant to the house. I didn't do that a lot the rest of the year, though. I think you got to, you know, really got to put him in a position where he has yards to gain. It's not going to create a lot himself, but he does have some versatility. Had a big punt return against Syracuse this year, so you know, it's it's in in between for me. Uh, with Keon Coleman, I got a lot of question marks about him. Uh, I don't have questions about his ability to catch the ball. Um, you know, he, like I said, very strong hands, but the consistency is a little bit of an issue for me. And then just as a route runner, not a very technical route runner, not a very polished route runner. He's a little raw um, compared to some of the other wide receivers. And I'm not saying I'm not 
Not saying he's the next Quentin Johnston. That's going to be thrown out there a lot. Um, they are different players. Quentin Johnston is is a different player than Keon Coleman. Um, just because they're near the same height uh, does not mean that they're the same player. Um, but I do have questions about Keon Coleman's ability to separate, and uh, it pushes him out of the first round for me. Um, for me, like I said, early second-round pick in the NFL draft, and in my rookie draft, probably the same, um, some, somewhere in the second, early second. I do think he should have came back for his senior year. I'll say that. Two years at Michigan State, one at Florida State. Um, Touchdown-wise, this was his best year, not yardage-wise or catch-wise, but let's give it for his career, okay? He had, for his career, 48 contested catch targets. He had 22 contested catches, so a career contested catch rate percentage of 458 so he'll catch a 50-50 ball. percent ball. That's solid. Like, like that, that's not bad at all. That is solid. That's good, I would say. But uh, only when we're talking five career drops, though, which I didn't think I, is good. There's, there's plenty more. If you a lot of body play. catches, I thought, too. A lot of body catches. And yeah. I, I just want to say, like, what I mean is, like, so I think 45% or that's a solid number. I, I'm happy with that. But people out there talking about Keon Coleman as if, he's the one who's turning those those 50 50 balls into 80 20 balls and, and we're just not seeing that so you know, he's good at it but he's he's not as consistent as i think a lot of people think he is yeah um nate before we head out oh yeah sorry um so i think he's probably gonna be like a second round rookie draft pick yeah yeah and i think he's like a top 50 wide receiver in dynasty in dynasty ah yeah well, certainly. I think some people are going to probably have him top 30. There are some people that have him as a top five wide receiver in this draft class. Um, and I I know I'm not going to stay here and sit here and say that that's, that's not possible. I think there's plenty of potential with Keon Coleman. But I just have my question marks about him, you know. Yeah, I get it. Um, honorable mention before we head out, University of North Carolina wide receiver Devontae Walker. Mm. I am a Devontae Walker fan. I would take him over Keon Coleman in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, Faster, more physical. I like Devontez Walker quite a bit myself. Better hands. <clears throat> yeah. Mike, before we go, I want to point out this contested catch stat once again. Let's do so it. just for, for 2023, Keon Coleman's contested catch percentage was 33%. He had 30 chances, and he caught 10 of them. Okay. So 33%. Romo Dunze had 27 chances, caught 20 of them for 74.1%. That is the player that creates 50-50 balls and makes them into 80-20 balls. Yes, I like that. I like that. It's perfect. Good. Nate, let's get that pastel pink sweatshirt (laughs) and get on the road. So thank you for listening, everybody. Until next time, for Nate, I'm Mike. See you later. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DYNASTYREWIND. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. 
and it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So again, underdog.com, use the promo code rewind, a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals, everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. But until next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for listening.